Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. In this week's episode, I'm joined by my new co-host, Austin Hargett, for a chat with Carissa Morgan, a.k.a. Universe Welder. We talk about the techniques she uses to get her amazing arc shots. She talks about her adventures bouncing around companies while welding all kinds of different things, building an impressive resume. We talk about keychains and documenting your welds so you can not just post them online, but learn from them and improve as a welder. We dive in after a quick word from our sponsors. When it comes to welding, most people think the danger lies in the fire and electricity. But what you learn fast when you strike up and get a whiff of fumes is how terrible those can make you feel, especially after a long day of work. Welding creates fumes that can be hazardous and you need them out of the way. Luckily, Donaldson has come up with some cool stuff to help welders. They make fume extraction equipment for major fabricators, smaller shops, and everything in between. They've been around for more than a hundred years, so they know what they're doing. Weld fumes are no joke, so learn how to protect yourself. Head over to Donaldson.com to check out their stuff. You'll be glad you did. Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop-start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.lincolnelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year and save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with you and your work? Yes, sure. So hello everyone. My name is Carissa Morgan. I'm a welder, fabricator, mount maker, artist, and just believer on the side, but full-time believer. I started a brand back in 2017 called Universe Welder. And I've been on a journey ever since, everywhere from Colorado to Utah to here in Arizona. And yeah, I just started Universe Welder not too long ago. So I started making arc shots back in September. And I told myself, I'm going to film a weld every day and see how long I can go with filming before I start to get exposure to people because I wanted to, with my intentions with the art shots, I wanted to be that source where you could go to. And I know people's attention spans are really short. I know I go through TikTok and I scroll through, scroll through. But I know that if I could get at least seven seconds of your time of my art shots, I know I can be able to help someone that's just trying to figure out how arts are supposed to look. So that was my intention for the whole art shots. But yeah, that's me. I'm Carissa Morgan. I'm 27 years old. I grew up on the Navajo Reservation from a place called Sawmill, Arizona. And that's that's me. Crispus arc shots on the gram for sure. No doubt. Just so clean, so crisp. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank Super you so crisp. much, Austin. 
How did you first find welding? Like what drew you to the field? Okay, that's a great question. So when I first started welding, my first vivid memory of first starting to weld. So my sister, my cousin, my little brother, they were all welding at the time. And my dad's a welder too, semi, semi. Anyways, he was repairing, I believe, a fire stove outside. And my sister was getting into welding and he got kind of frustrated. So I believe that he kind of took it out on all his kids as any father would. I was outside. I put on my leathers. I put on everything. I had my welding hood, eight eight years old, running outside, getting ready to weld because I I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to get myself involved. And then my dad said, no, just get back inside. Welding's not for women. And that struck something in my soul to the point where I was just like, how dare you? Looking back on it, I really wanted not to prove him wrong, but to prove myself right. So from that point forward, I got to high school. And I enrolled myself into welding as one of my classes to get into. And without knowing it, I took welding pretty serious at the time. And I was surrounded by people who were just welders in general. So I just started to weld every day without even knowing what I was going to do as a career in my life. I just loved to do it. And it was always inspirational to come home and show my grandma a weld. My grandma's Lorraine Morgan. I would show her a weld and she would just be so impressed. Like, oh, wow, it probably didn't look that great at the time, but. (laughs) Thank God for her saying like, oh, you're doing such a good job. That was why I did it. That just struck me to the core, to the point where I was like, I think I'm going to pursue this. When I graduated high school, unfortunately, my grandma, she passed away. And before she passed away, we had this conversation of like, she told me, she said, Carissa, you're going to go out into the world. I don't care what you go to school for, but just make sure you go to school for something that you love. And great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Just the timing of it all. So I graduated school. I came out here to Phoenix and it was so hot, so hot to the point where I couldn't even think right. And I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I just graduated high school. Like, okay, Chris, so you got to like figure out what you're going to do. And I ended up moving to Denver without even knowing. Just I don't know what I'm going to do. And I got into Denver and then I was driving by the school, Lincoln College of Technology. And then that conversation with my grandma struck into my head again. He's like, if you're going to go to school, just make sure you're doing what you love. And welding was always there. Like I knew how to weld. At least I knew how to strike an arc. Mm -hmm. So I went and I took a placement test and I started like three days later. And then that course was nine months. And those nine months there, it was very impactful to me because it was just boost time. And a lot of that stuff that I learned in school, I kind of learned in high school. Like I said, they provided material, they provided time, they provided instructors. And these instructors were really good at the time. And a lot of instructors there played a pivotal part of who I am and how I move, you know? Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to school there for nine months. And during those nine months, oh, it was it was so hard because I was competitive. I am competitive. I yeah. believe every welder is competitive. And my whole class was full of people that were competitive as well. So not only did I learn from instructors, I learned from my peers as well. So we all kind of just leveled each other up every single day. We'd come in and we would treat it like a job. And it was kind of, yeah. That was my favorite part too, was just the, like coming out of your booth to show your buddy next to you, like, hey, I just did the objective. What are you thinking? And he'd be like, oh man, I'm going to do one better, you know? And then it was just having that to to balance. And those were the people that you really kept close to you. the ones that you wanted to compete. You wanted to be better. You wanted to be faster. You wanted to be the slickest and the quickest. And you were just kids in welding school. I mean, it really wasn't all that serious, but it was serious to you, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was at, I was 18 at the time. And a lot of them were a lot older than me. So it kind of taught me like, okay, I'm going to be a step ahead of them, whether they're, I'm learning from their experiences or their mistakes. And I just kind of took that to heart. And that taught me like how to be on time, how to create proper work ethic. And also it made me aware of where I was at the time. Because one, any place that you walk into, you're given machine and material. And what are you going to do with that time that you have, you know? So I, I just was very aware of it at that age. So I'm very blessed to figure that out that young. Yeah. So where did you go after college? Like, did you go right into the workforce? When I was in Lincoln Technology, my first job was Panera Bread, right? It taught me I'm not built for the food industry. I'm not built for any, anything like that. So. I was in there for, <laughs> yeah. I was a bartender and server for years and years. I've PF Chang's uh, for six years, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, that taught me that food, the industry is not for me. So the week of my graduation, I sat down and I was thinking like, man, how do I get a job? Like, this is all new to me. I was just like questioning myself, like, how am I going to get a job? I've always been told like, oh, it's who you know, not what you know. And that kind of just got to me. And I was getting input from different people. Right down the road from Lincoln College of Technology, there's a place called Bird on, Bird on America. And they weld bridge erection boats for the army. And it's an intro into welding. They're a pretty new company when I first started there. So I ended up walking in and I met the supervisor. And he said, how old are you? You look kind of young. And I told him, hey, I'm 18 and I need a job. Like, I don't have any experience. I don't have a resume. And I'm, I'm a worker. Like, I'm a welder. I'm a worker. I'll come in on time. And if you train me, I'll learn. And he's just like, okay, you're the youngest here. But show us what you got. And then... Yeah, that's, that was in 2015. So Damn. from 2015 to 2018, that was really the experience for me. And that was MIG aluminum welding. And I learned in that field, if you could weld aluminum or learn how to manipulate a puddle for aluminum, you could get your foot into every field after that, I feel like. I think like in welding school, like you learn a lot in school for sure. But like that first job yeah. right out of school, I feel like I learned 10 times more just with the hands-on and the instruction yeah. and just an actual pivotal work that you had to be held to a certain standard. You had to be held to a certain quality, you know, it had to be that way. I thought that was yeah, you and, way more right out of school. Yeah. And the thing with that, it was under government contract. So everything had to be AWS Perfect. certified. Yeah. Everything had to be on point. And this hurt my soul to the core. So the first six months there, I could not figure it out. I could not lay a bead. Every weld I laid, I had to cut out. That could mess with your pride. That could mess with your psyche of everything. Like, am I really built for this? You know? So after six months, after cutting out so many welds, you start to get tired of it and say like, hey, man, I got to study this. I had to restudy what I learned in school. Like, how can I keep the proper arc? Am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? Like, what's the heat set at? What Am I not comfortable with this? What? So I started studying and... One day I just came in and with a whole different mindset, I just told myself, this is, this is going to be the last weld that I cut out. Like, that's just it. Like I told myself that I tricked my mind into believing like, yo, like I could do this, you know? Yeah. And then the next thing you know, I just started figuring it out. And then that's when I started my Instagram page because I laid one nice weld after that. I posted that weld and then it started to get exposure. And then from there, it was just like, oh, okay. Like, I feel like I could help some people with this. Like whether if it's with aluminum, or just trying to figure out what they're going to do when they're first starting out. So when I first started out, 
oh man, I couldn't find an art video anywhere. Like I didn't know how an arc is supposed to look. I didn't know how a weld was supposed to be like slow, fast. How is it supposed to be? So I kind of just broke that down. Even now, when I look back, I'm like, whoa, I had to go through that. I had to cut out all those welds in order for me to be where I am today. At least they let you cut them out without running you off. That's that's really pivotal to anyone that's listening. And you know, you're, you're, new and you're getting your first job, like look for that place. that's going to let you make some mistakes without, you know, punishing yeah. you because that's really pivotal is that it's, you're learning and you're, you're going to make mistakes. But those, those students right in school that are like, I want a $30 an hour job, those jobs, they're paying for professional welders. And if you make those mistakes once, twice, three times, you're gone. So that's really pivotal for that. And also with the Instagram, just start it, right? Just start posting. If you guys want to want to have exposure and you're a welder, you want to be like what you see on Instagram, all it takes is just to start. Yeah. I was always nervous about like, oh, if I post this weld, what are people going to think? So I wanted that outside validation. And now that I look back and I'm like, why did I care what people think? Because like, especially now, the welding world is really good and there's pros and cons to everything. But now my biggest piece of advice is what Austin said is just start. Post, post whatever you can and don't worry about messing up. And if you do, you're going to learn that from someone. You're Someone's going to catch you. You know, someone's going to say, hey, like you could do this. You could do that. You could take advice. But then also there are some people out there that they want to give you advice, but it's also not right. So, but that's also coming from experience, you know, so <laughs> figure it out yourself and just start and everything just be consistent. Anytime I get yeah. advice, definitely yeah. go do some Googling before you just start pulling the trigger on stuff. Yeah. When you started filming these arcs, right? So what is your technique? Because there's a bunch of different, like I know Austin has way he does his. And I know like I've used actual like welding shades over like cameras, ND filters. Like there's so many different ways you can get the nice crisp ones, but yours are so crisp. And I'm just like, I gotta know. Like I gotta know how you do it. (laughs) Okay. So my welds are filmed with an iPhone 11. And when I first started out in September, I used fixed shades. So fixed shades, just a traditional green shade 12. Shade 12 was because my camera on my phone would flicker with anything below a 12. So I noticed it would just kind of throw the video off. I used to work at Denver Art Museum as a mount maker. So I know how to mount things. I can mount anything you want me to mount. So you think of how are you going to put this shade on the camera? I kind of made my own mount to put the shade on the camera and I filmed my first video in September and it wasn't great because I didn't want to burn my phone up mm-hmm. and I want I also wanted to get like a bird's eye view of what I'm seeing so it took a lot a lot a lot of practice but I continued to just be consistent and then Manny from Pipeliners Cloud he reached out to me via Instagram he messaged me saying hey Carissa my name is Manny from Pipeliners Cloud I have some lenses that I want to send you because you're getting good arc shots, but I want to see how it looks with my lens. I was like, yeah, sure. Send it over. And he didn't have to do that. He like seen the potential early on. He's seen what I seen at the time. Like he's really in tune with consistency. So he sent those to me. Shout out to Manny. He he didn't have to send those to me, but he did for free. And first day, man, I noticed the difference on that. Like, because that's an auto shade and his was a shade 12. And I, it was a different type of mount. So how I film is take off your case and figure out a way to put the shade on, clip it on, mount it on, as long as it's touching the camera. You can't leave any gap between that. Right? No gap. 
Yeah, a lot of people can't figure out how to mount the shade to the phone. And that's the biggest challenge. I think but... the nicest part of the, the shade is actually protecting your phone. If you look at my phone, you can see all the BBs and dots and stuff. It's just, and <laughs> oh, then once yeah. that happens, yeah. now you can't focus on anything worth a damn. So yeah. it's definitely probably yeah. more beneficial because I just use the exposure on the phone. I'll drop it all the way down and, and zoom in as most as I can. And it's, it's all right. When it, my phone was new, I felt like they, it was like real nice arc shots. But now, Mid. now it's like <laughs> very, eh. yeah. So my biggest thing, I'm going to give you guys some sauce here. So like Austin said, so turn your exposure down on your phone and don't zoom in. A lot of people want to zoom in and that's where it gets pixelated. That's what I've noticed from all the time because I used to zoom in and I noticed my arcs weren't, I don't know, it just didn't seem as clear. So the trick is to get as close as you can to your arc without burning your phone. And it helps when you have nothing plastic around it because I had a plastic mount. I learned the hard way. It would just burn up. It would smell. I'd be welding. I'd be like, oh, what's that smell? And it's my mount just just melting onto my phone. But I had to learn that the hard way. You're pretty consistent with what you're welding on. You're saying that's just scrap right out of the scrap bin. Just scrap. Yeah, whatever I could find. I work at a place now called Knox Company. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, they're called Knox boxes. So these boxes are placed outside of like Walmart's, Target's. It's a major company. And these are boxes that keys are in for every company so that the fire department could get in it in case of an emergency or there's a fire in the building and they can't get in. So I oh. weld those Knox boxes and those are boxes. And for as long as I can remember, I was always practicing weaves in Denver. I was always weaving. I don't know. It's just something therapeutic to me. That's what you're seeing is just a product of what I've been doing for years, you know, just practicing and practicing and practicing until... I got that muscle memory down and it's all yeah. it is, is just like consistency and muscle memory. One question I have, I mean, I've noticed it with myself. I'm the one that's clipping together all these social clips now at weld.com. And I watch so many hours and hours and hours and hours of welding videos, you know, and like arc shots. And I was okay at TIG, you know, when I went through school and I, I do TIG for like some stainless stuff for breweries and repairs and stuff like that. After like a month of watching Austin's, <laughs> like like watching how Austin moves the puddle and like how everybody moves these puddles, it's like my TIG was just insanely different. I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. Like, watching yourself, like did that really help you improve even more? Watching myself. Watching all of these it's arc like, shots you know, that you've like been doing. It's like football film. It's like the coach puts on the game the, from the night before so you can see your performance. It's so hard because... I watch a lot of different art shots and there's a lot of great art shots out there, but I try not to hinder away from what I'm comfortable with because mm. everyone has their own style. Everyone has tight weaves. Everyone has like spread it out. Weaves. It's a signature. Yeah. What's comfortable with you. And I, I don't know. Cause when I first started, I would be like, Oh, like what if so-and-so doesn't like it the way I do this? Or I started getting in my head about it. The beginning of this year, I told myself like, yo, just like, just film, have fun. Don't worry about what people think. Find your comfort zone and be good at it. Do it a thousand times before you start to figure out like what you're comfortable with. And the more you do it, the more consistent you are. Um, I feel like that's what's going to get you to get a good arc like shot. Like grandma said, just have fun. Do something you love. If you're not having fun with it, then it, you're just going to get frustrated. Because for like two months, I was like, why isn't it as clear as I want it to be? Why isn't it this? Why isn't it that? But then I realized like, oh, just calm down. Take a breather. And... I'm a big believer in like energy. So the energy that you see in the videos is the same therapeutic energy you see in me when I'm welding. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is. That's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's a vibe. <laughs> you know, 
I'm looking at these yeah. Knox boxes. Do you weld these boxes with TIG? So those Knox boxes, they're robotic welds. So huh? they, they go to the robot welders. Oh, and then that's interesting. Most of them I have, yeah, most of them I have to repair um, just because they're, <laughs> they're really old robots. So, but that's where you learn how to control your arc puddle and everything else. So those are just the standard boxes. When you're fixing those boxes, you are TIG, TIG welding the repairs? Yeah, right that's the biggest thing too. Where I catapulted up in the welding industry was through repair work. It would be like, oh, someone messed up this weld. Can you fix it? And at the time I was like, man, why do I got to do this? It really helped me later on. It showed me like, oh, I could repair pretty much anything now. It does separate the great welders from the even better welders. You know, if you can fix someone else's mistake and make it better from an, an unideal situation, I mean, it's never fun. You're never excited for the boss to come up to you and be like, hey, I've got this thing you need to rework. It's never a good situation. The gap's always messed up. There's always trash on it. It's always nasty or something, you know, but it makes you better in the long run. You become a better welder and yeah. a better, you learn to appreciate some, some nice clean metal. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of TIG welding, I see these pins you make. Like, can you tell me a little about the pins that you... The pins? The clips. The clips the that clips, you're making. The clips. <laughs> oh, like the clips. Oh, like the keychain? Yeah. yeah. I had to give yeah. them a little bit. They look right like big here. safety pins. Okay. So these. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. So I started this back in during COVID. So for a brief period of time, and once COVID started, I was at a job called Metalcraft Industries. So I did an art project a week. So you could go down to my Insta Instagram, scroll down to my Instagram. I did a project a week. So that taught me to be very creative and kind of take my mind off what was going on at the time. And then... I was like, I want to make a keychain. How can I do that? So of course, naturally you go to TikTok, you go to YouTube. So I went to YouTube and I seen these keychains and there's a guy from like Indonesia or some, somewhere, <laughs> I forgot where I ordered it from, but he had the tools for it. And I was like, cool, I'm going to order it. He doesn't make them anymore. So I'm glad I hopped on that when I did because the tools were like $400 at the time. They're like jewelers so tools, right? It was a great investment. They're like jewelers, pliers, yeah, and tools, yeah. right? What are you making in a, out of the wire that you're using to... Because, I mean, that's those are some tight twists. You're not just grabbing any old regular wire to get that kind of a bend or a smooth... What kind of wire are you using for I think those? it's all 308 stainless, okay. I believe. It's just a stainless filler cut off the end. And then from there, it's just the whole process of twisting and twisting. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, how do you make it? How do you make it? I want to start making videos on it. You um, should, just, really should. Just because, but <laughs> I got to figure out how I'm going to mount it and then how I'm going to make it because it's a it's a whole process. Wires going everywhere. It's messy. You get oh, your yeah. own beads. And then I started making these back last year when no one, I had like 700 followers. No one noticed it, but I was just making them, making them consistently. And then family would buy them. There's little beads on there. You have a store? Yeah. And then family would buy them. I have a store. I, have, I actually have a website. It's a universewelder.com. I made that last year as well. So get your keychains from there. Right on. And so far, it's been really good because I needed that keychain. I, I can't tell you how many times I lost a key. I, I lose keys everywhere. Well, so what, this was <laughs> what I actually seen a lot of those. And I told Bo this whenever he was curious about the clips is when I worked at the plants, a lot of the single hand welders, we have sometimes there's some downtime, a lot of hurry up and wait. You got to wait on scaffold or the crane or whoever permits. And yeah. they just sit there and bring their little hand tools and they'll just start playing with wire and they make all those clips and everyone uses them for like their gloves. So the one end will have like a little clip on one end for to clamp on oh, your yeah. gloves and then that'll clip to your belt loop. And 
I mean, every welder and fitter on the job site had them, you know? You weren't cool yeah. if you didn't have a cool, fancy twisted wire clip. Yeah, I love that. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Upgrade your welding game today with the highest quality leather products from Outlaw Leather USA. Their welding hoods, arm pads, and handles are expertly crafted with premium materials to provide long-lasting durability and stunning visuals. Don't settle for less than the best. Experience unbeatable protection and comfort with Outlaw Leather USA's custom leather products. As a special bonus for listening to the podcast, you can get 10% off your order by using the special promo code WELD10 at checkout. Upgrade your welding gear now at Outlaw Leather USA. When it comes to choosing a welding school, there are a lot of options out there, but in my personal opinion, I think finding one that gives you experience of what you'll encounter in the field is going to be worth the price of tuition. And that is exactly what our friends at Arc Labs are doing. Aside from their basic curriculum that'll get you trained to be confident in your skills, you'll have a chance to weld in one of their many different simulators that'll show you what it's like to weld in a confined space, welding in a pipe rack, or even making crucial welds on a water wall with little to no room to maneuver. If you're out in the field on a job and encounter something like that, you could be the go-to welder to make those crucial welds with confidence. Aside from that, if you have a special process or alloy you want to learn, when you finish their basic outcomes, you can jump right into getting prepped for industries like sanitary, performance fabrication, and many more. Best thing is, when you finish school, you still have 20 extra welding hours after you graduate the school. So, if you decide you want to get into another industry, you can feel confident going into that weld test with extra time and guidance to get you there. If you're ready to be a future leader in the welding industry and hit the ground running with all the experience you need to be more than just a new hire, but a great set of hands, head on over to artlabs.edu today to start learning where welding will take you. When I was younger, I was always into arts and crafts and I would go down to my grandma's with my beads. I would make her keychains. I would make her lanyards. And it's kind of ironic because I never strayed from that. And that's like a wink from God saying like, hey, you're, you still stuck with it after what, 20, 20 years later. And I'm still making keychains. The same keychains that I made out of beads, they're just now material. I just, awesome. I just caught that and it kind of just made me smile because I stuck with it. Still doing what you love. Grandma would be proud. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank uh, you. You've listened to the podcast before. I always try to give people advice, you know, and you've already given a ton of advice about being consistent and everything. With TIG welding, like if somebody is struggling to learn, what are some of the biggest things that were breakthroughs for you as you were learning TIG welding? Just because you're so consistent, but it takes a while to really understand the puddle. You know what I mean? What were some big kind of breakthroughs you had through your journey? I was welding aluminum from 2015 to 2019. So I finally got my foot into stainless in 2019. This aerospace company decided to give me a shot at welding at their company. And just off that, I told myself, hey, you got to figure it out. You're around experienced welders. And before I even laid an arc, I observed the best welder. And when I walked in that shop, I already knew, automatically I already knew who the best welder was. So you go up to who you think is the best welder, go up to them, say, hey, Teach me. At that point, you're an observer. Try not to say much because welders don't even like to teach like that. 
And I'm pretty sure every welder that I know, they're all visual learners. So you could talk as much as you want, but if you don't visually see a puddle and how it's supposed to look, just observe. Watch how someone holds the torch. Watch how they they put their settings on it. When it comes to settings, everyone's different. I, I know I like to weld hot and that's just me. Oh, yeah. Hot and fast. That's weld it. hot, weld fast and blast the gas. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Find your flow and just be an observer. Don't Just put your pride aside and say, hey, man, like teach me something. Teach me something that'll benefit me because whatever they learn took them time. And when you ask them and they teach you, you saved all that time that it took them to learn. And you basically cut time and ask and you catch that experience off of just asking and observing. Just practice. A lot of people want to be the best welder. They want to lay the best art right when they get there. You think your first arc is going to be your best weld. But yeah. it's a good mindset to have to go into. So if you could visualize the weld before you even lay it, just picture it in your head. Because when I don't know about you guys, but when I drop my hood, time just disappears. Time oh, disappears. Yeah. Everything doesn't matter. You're just focused on what's in front of you, the art, the puddle. And as long as you can manipulate your art, you could manipulate however you want that weld to look. 100%. And that takes practice. That takes time. That takes everything in you. And it's a, it's an energy thing too. So I've seen a lot of welders and me, myself, whenever I lay a weld that's bad, it gets me mad. So just calm down, go take a break, drink some water and try not to weld when you're mad or no, you feeling can't. rushed. Even you can't I know weld a in a hurry and you can't weld yeah. pissed off. It just doesn't work. Yeah, because that energy translates into that weld. And a lot of welders are just like, hurry, we need this. A lot of companies say, hurry up, we're working with time here. We need to do this. We need to do that. But I always say it's not about the speed. It's the direction. So, Well, I mean, if you're if you're rushing and you make mistakes, if you're going to rush it and you make mistakes, then you have to rework and it's going to cost you more time. If you're pissed off and ugly about it, you're going to make a pissed off, ugly weld. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you talk a lot about visually seeing it. How much of the hands on what would you say is like listening and feeling too? Because I know for me, as far as, you know, puddle recognition with your eyes is one thing, but there's also a bit of listening and feeling involved. Like look, listen and feel are my three things as far as the senses. Does that really go translate for you as well? Yes, everything goes into that. It goes down to, okay, so I weld sitting down. Every little thing is just like, okay, what did I do yesterday? That's going to teach me something today. So of course, when I set my tungsten, I put it, this is a rule of thumb. I literally call it the rule of thumb. So how far you want your tungsten out, I put it half of the width of my thumb and I set that and then I get comfortable. Just <laughs> Straight up everything rule of comfortability. thumb. Yeah. Rule of thumb. I'm telling you. It is the thumb. <laughs> so crazy. the thumb. But yeah. And I don't know how to explain it. It's just a comfort thing. All because I've been consistent and I feel like it's all about how comfortable you get. And I can't even explain it to the point where it's just so second nature to me. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you, but second nature ability came from consistency. So for me, when it comes to the feel, it's like you do have to be relaxed, right? You have to be relaxed. Your your hand can't be tensed up. You've got to have a plan for your motion and you've got to feel, feel smooth. You got to be water, right? You got to feel like you got to feel as smooth yeah. as that puddle is, you know? And as far as listening, yeah. you got to listen to that arc length. When it changes, it makes a little fizzle when you start getting close, right? Oh, right when yeah. you're about to dip, right? It makes that little fizzle, like little tiny fizzle. Yeah. You want to be right above that fizzle. Yeah. It's That's the cusp, right? So that's what I like to to try to focus on. It's, as long as I ain't got like, you know, I'm not 
jamming out usually or whatever. No music. But if I could hear it, that's what I'm listening for is that gas flow and that and, and, and kind of that fizzle where that tungsten's tickling the puddle. You don't want to be right there. You want to be just <laughs> above that point. Yeah, you want to be one with the well. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I love that saying, be, be like water. Yeah, I love that because that's just what <laughs> welding is. Yeah, that's just what welding is pretty much. One with the arc, I feel like. Molten metal manipulators. That's what we are. Wow. Okay. That's a new Blowing one. Blowing minds. You should Blowing put that minds. on the sweater. <laughs> that's what, uh, I don't know. Whenever I was in welding school, whenever the whole topic of welder versus weldor, I don't know if you know that, but the yeah. weldor is right. It's the, that's the actual operator. And I thought it was funny. It sounded like a wizard, right? I'm a, I'm yeah. a, I'm a weldor. I'm a molten metal manipulator. Like, and then yeah. it just was a thing. That's basically what it is. Huh? Yeah. That's hilarious. Speaking of music and listening to things, do you ever, like, what is your favorite kind of jams to weld? Oh, yeah. You're vibing out on all these videos. You got got the right tunes to linked up. Okay. So rap music, rap hip hop, rap music is what I love. That's my genre of choice. And who I learned how to be consistent from is Russ. Russ is a rapper. He's known as the do-it-yourself rapper. So he produced, mixed, mastered, wrote all his music. And he put that mindset in me, ironically, around the time 2017, I found him in 2017. He said, you don't need anyone to do it. Like you, if you want to film something, if you want to do something, you could do it yourself. You could do everything yourself. And if you're going to do it, do it consistently. And the more consistent you get, just show the world that. And I caught game off that to the point where it was just kind of natural to me. So I told myself, I'm going to drop a well today and see how far that gets me. And so far yeah. I've been consistent. Like every day I post a weld and it's so fun just kind of just picking the song and picking the vibe because I control that. You know, I don't I don't have to like ask permission for anyone to post anything. I'm yeah. pretty much self-sustainable. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. Find find what suits you, your own music, whether it's your own music or find your own like niche, you know, find what you love to do and People will rock with it and people who don't, that doesn't matter. And especially in this, in this, I I heard it on the last podcast. You said, how do you deal with uh, the toxic environment when it comes to the internet? And Russ has a good line. He says, how do you deal with uh, toxic energy? He says, you don't. (laughs) So that's my, yeah, it's my, yeah, just, just don't that you could choose to put your phone down and go take a walk because life is happening right now. And you could either be affected by it or just keep welding. And I just chose to keep welding. That's awesome. And another thing too, if you make a mistake with welding, every time I made a mistake, I watched that. I I watched it over and over and over. Like, what did I do wrong? Like, that's a good thing with documenting everything. So that's my biggest piece of advice. If you're going to do something, document it because you're not going to remember that. But if you watch it, you study it, you're going to catch some game off of your, your, own, your own mistakes. And that'll save you a lot of time in the long run. When I went through school, they were like, you got to have your welder's Bible. Put in all of your, like every single setting for every different material you work with. And, you know, some people did and some people didn't. And then the people at the end of the year that were like succeeding are the people that document it because they're just, they don't have to ask questions. It's like, I know what works for me. Like I found the thing that works and documenting, like that's huge. If you're trying to get better at something, don't just keep like trying stuff, then figure it out. And then just like, well, I got it now. You know, 
it's like no yeah. it's like, well because you never know when you're gonna you never know when you're gonna use that process again right as, yeah. as someone going through school you're trying to be learning everything and then you go get a job and you're welding the one thing and then the next job comes along you you're changing a process or switching it up and you're almost starting over i used to force my students to get a journal and like you have to write things down. And if you, and I would take your journal, it wasn't, it was honestly, if they're listening, they might laugh at this. I actually never took a grade for any of it. I just threatened them with nice. like a failing grade if they didn't. Cause I, there was nothing in the, in the actual curriculum that required that. But I, I would tell them like, look, I'm, I'm going to pull, I'm going to take points away from your, from your grade. I would tell them it's like 25% of their, their class and everything like that. Wow. It, it was just <laughs> at the end of it, they either had it or they didn't. And yeah, you know, it just, just threaten them with the fear of God. Just like take yeah. some freaking notes. You're <laughs> going to need it. I promise yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing I want to say too is experience is going to be your greatest teacher. No matter who you learn from, you're going to ultimately learn from your mistakes. So every mistake I made, oh, it was so horrible. It killed me at the time. But if I didn't make those mistakes early on, it probably would have defeated me now. So a lot of what you're seeing is just the product of my mistakes. And as bad as that sounds, I flipped it in my mind. I flipped, I flipped it as from a negative thing to a positive thing. And you're not going to see me make the same mistake twice. And if I do, then man, that <laughs> it's just not good for yeah. your mental, you know? So I just want to say, just keep moving forward positively and just be consistent. Learn from your, your mistakes. Try not to make them twice. That's a great advice. I mean, it's... It's been an awesome conversation, just kind of hearing your journey and everything. But like, I kind of want to jump back to almost the beginning, because you said you you went from Arizona to to Colorado, then you were in Utah. Like, what what brought you to all these different places? Was it just jumping into different jobs, or like what what okay. sparked that journey? Just because I I'm just curious. That's my curious spirit. Just be like, wait. I need to know this answer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with my welding journey, I tell myself every time I I stop learning from a company or like that company just starts to feel like I'm just a robot every day, like uh, 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 go here, go there. I catch myself and I say, hey, I need to learn something else. What do I want to weld? So that's one thing for me is like, what do I want to weld? And then you go on Indeed, you go online, you look up jobs and you start sending out your resume. Build your resume because that's a portrait of you, you know, before you even go into a company. That's all they see is a piece of paper. And if you could build that experience up, no matter where you go, they're going to want to meet you. They're going to want to give you a weld test. So when I was in Denver, it was just, what do I want to weld? And if you look at my my resume, it was just a bunch of like random places that you didn't even think I was going to weld at. So when I first started, I welded at Bird On and that was the Army Boats. And once once that got kind of tiring and it's it weighs on your body. So another thing that I want to say is take care of your body. Like our body is should be a temple, should be a temple. It it gives you everything you need to provide for yourself. Like you're given the like the ability to weld. We all have the ability to weld and we're all given this tool, you know, these tools, these hands, you know. So take care, take care of yourself, take care of your mental health. Um, and then after that, I went to Majestic Metals. That was a really good company. They did subcomponent parts for Birdon. So it was kind of like, oh, like the big brother Birdon, the little sister is Majestic Metals. So off of that, I got the job there and it was still aluminum. And then I wanted to come back home to see some family here in Phoenix. So I got a job welding on safety restraint systems here at Southwest Metalsmiths. And they did uh, 
fall restraint systems for the ASU stadium. So I was there for like maybe three months. And then I told him like, hey, like this is just a temporary gig. And I let the employer know like what you're there for, what you're trying to get out of it and what you're just trying to learn. And from there, I went to Utah just for fun. I feel like Utah has always been a place that was just like cool to me, I guess you could say, outdoors. And I welded cargo trailers there. I don't know if you're familiar with Look Trailers. Look I know trailers? how to make a cargo trailer now. <laughs> yeah, just like <laughs> cargo trailers. I, I don't really know how I got into that one. I was just like, I want to weld a trailer up. This is where it started to become so pivotal because I came back to Phoenix. And I have family in Phoenix. I have family in Denver. So that's just the two places that I choose to go to. And I was welding aluminum that whole time. What I told you, Bird On, Majestic, Southwest, there was all aluminum. I haven't got my foot in stainless, Inconel, steel. I haven't, I haven't touched anything for that. But this place called Nelson Engineering, just off of my resume alone, they were like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you welding steel? Or why aren't you welding stainless? Why aren't you welding like stuff that really needs to be welded? And yeah. off of word of mouth, all my past employers are like, yeah, she has good work ethic and whatever you teach her, she's going to learn. So even if you don't think these people are watching you, they're watching you. So just pay attention to what's in front oh. of you. Get the work work done the best you well, can. Well, that goes not burning bridges either. Yeah. yeah, yeah don't yeah. burn those bridges, you know, because if, if they're going to call back to you and tell you that you did show up late or you did lay out a work often, I mean, they're going to know. And it's the welding industry is massive, but it, the community is small. Yeah. And it really is. Everyone knows everyone, man. And you've got to be careful. What kind of advice can you give anyone about building themselves a resume? You know, as far as like, from what I'm understanding now, companies are actually using a lot of AI tactics and using searching only keywords. And if your resume doesn't have those specific keywords, they just, it'll, the AI will. Wow. I did not know that. AI is actually <laughs> insane. To build a resume um, is building good relationships. I feel like how I got most of my jobs was off of the, the last last job by word of mouth. They took a look at my resume. They call up the supervisor. Hey, like, is she legit or no? And that's just it. So build good relationships with with people in general. And that'll that'll help you a lot with building your resume. But I didn't know that about the AI. I didn't either. I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you know, if you're if you're looking into like going working for someone who does a lot of stainless sheet metal and they're building cargo trailers or whatever, put stainless sheet metal and cargo trailers somewhere are, are just like just you have to word things right. But uh, yeah, that's that's something that they're doing nowadays. The the HR rep doesn't understand welding. They don't know what they're really looking for as far as a quality candidate. So they rely on these new this new technology. They have this stack of two three hundred resumes. Are they, they're going to sit there and read through it? Nah, they're just going to run it through a program and it's going to filter wow. it down for them so that they can find a better candidate. So you really got to be on your game when it comes to, you know, getting your resume right and, you know, not sound like a complete jabroni either. Okay, Austin, you're putting me on game right now. It looks like I need to reword my resume. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, don't know funny. that either. Think, you know, but that's like starting out. Once you've built your resume, you've you've got 10 years of experience. Oh, yeah. Your resume starts to speak for itself. You don't have to try so hard to impress a company. You are who you are. This is what you do. This is what you're capable of. You know, take it or leave it, you know. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, someone coming up, you got to make that resume. If you don't have the experience, that resume has to be pretty cool. I don't know. Pretty schnazzy. Pretty good. Yeah. I always like leaving people with these knowledge nuggets and everything you've been saying is, is very inspirational to saying like, you know, you could do it, you could do it. 
So for people that are, you know, interested in welding or they're wanting to become a welder or they want to get further as a welder, what would your biggest piece of advice be? Like to just be like, how do I get to this next level? Like, how do I get further in my welding career? My biggest thing is just start. Start your research, go look around, apply for schools. You don't even have to go to school. Nowadays, you could just walk into a place and you could get hop on as a trainer and bite the bullet and be a helper first because that's going to be the first thing you're going to learn is be an observer. Back to what I said, observe everything around you. Everything you need along your journey or wherever in life, look around, be aware because these little things don't just happen. They're there for a reason. So make sure you're aware. Start. And a lot of people psych themselves like, oh, I don't know where to start. Oh, I don't know this. I don't know that. Go ask someone. Like, we, we have the phones at our fingertips right now. So Google it. Go AI it. Go figure out how to, how to apply for a school. Go ask your friend, hey, can I weld? Hey, can you teach me how to weld? Kind of just put your pride aside and just start. Because I know a lot of people, they, they message me. They say, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you, like, I can't help you with everything. That's your life that you have to live. I could just provide, like, the one thing I can provide is just like, I could show you an arc shot for like seven seconds, but that's the best I could do. <laughs> I try not to get involved with your life and it's your life. You got to live it. You got to go through those experiences. You got to meet people. You got to build your own journey. You, and you just do it. You got to yeah, do it. Like Nike, child just do it. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Start, yeah. now. Start now. Cause time is ticking y'all. Like I remember being 18. I'm 27 now. That was what, nine years ago, time flies and it doesn't stop for no one. So whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy, whatever brings out the most enthusiasm in you, do that. Go to that direction. And it doesn't have to be with welding. It could be with fabricating. It could be with art. It could be with painting. It could be with whatever. But that energy you put into that is going to reflect in your work and your life's work. So yeah, that's that's what I could give is just start confidently and one thing that helped me along my journeys was podcasts, audiobooks. I listen to a lot of books. Yes. <laughs> I listen to a lot of books and just try to soak in as much knowledge as you can from all these people. There's people around us that went through some some wild stuff, but you could catch a lot off of their their journey. And then yeah, just start, man. Just, I don't I don't know how to no, yeah, I don't that's know how great. else to put it. That's great advice. Though. You don't you don't learn unless you do, right? It, yeah. you've got to you've got to start somewhere and you're never going to learn how to do something until you don't make those mistakes i appreciate you coming on this has been super awesome yeah this has been this has been real guys there's a lot of gems in here i feel like i'll be i'm gonna listen to this over and over and be like oh did i really say that or <laughs> you know i'll just be welding just <laughs> listening to what our conversation was but thank that you both good. thank you austin it's been a real pleasure Absolutely. This is the you. first of many, first of many. So, so what, I'll, I'll leave this podcast saying, believe in yourself. Ultimately, write down your goals and start. Start today, right now. But that's Not what I'll tomorrow. leave you guys with. Start today. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you, Carissa, for coming on the show. It was great to hear your story. And I learned a ton. I also want to thank our sponsors, Donaldson, Lincoln Electric, Arc Labs, and Outlaw Leather for helping us make the show possible and for helping us all learn about the different pathways in the welding industry. If you would like to be on the show or have a topic you want us to cover, shoot me an email to bowweld.com or hit me up on the Weld app at bowdidit. 
Speaking of the app, if you have a burning question, ask it over in the feed. We've been making videos, breaking down members' questions on YouTube, and we want to hear what you need help with. Until next week, we'll see you out there.